What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, a.k.a. BTZ. Doing it nice, slow, and easy. Everybody, hey, this is kind of a little bit of a bonus, little extra all about my experiences with the Apple Vision Pro because I have now been able to try it three different times. If you follow my YouTube channel, I cover some of that, but this is going to go in a little more in depth than my most recent um, experience, which was towards the mid, mid end of December and what I learned and the latest things from that and some things that I didn't talk about in my video because I actually forgot because I just shoot it on the fly. And so just want to give you a lay of the land, first of all, right? We know Apple Vision Pro is expected sometime in early 2024. Now, the latest reports, according to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, is that Apple is already in full production with the Apple Vision Pro. Apple internally is hoping to get it launched by sometime in February. So units are being obviously manufactured. Another report from Bloomberg's Mark Gurman also said that Apple is expected to bring Apple store retail employees, only maybe one or two specifically from each store to get hands-on training. They'll be the expert for the Apple Vision Pro and that's happening mid-January. So we're getting very close to the official launch and at least right now, the Apple's internal deadline is to get this thing launched sometime before the end of February, according to reports. So we have that lay of the land and remember that the first time we got to see it was at WWDC 2022 in June. And since that time, I've been able to go out to Apple HQ and check it out two more additional times. One time was in November. Um, was it? Yeah, it was early November. And then the other time was just recently Then this like mid, late December. I think just basically about a week, week, eh, about a week and a half ago, maybe. Okay. So during that time, things have definitely changed. And if we kind of set up June, I got to try on the headset the difference there was that I used the standard headband that goes around the backside, but they did have this kind of over-the-top headband strap. That has not existed in my demos the next two times in November and December. Now, I talked to Apple about that specifically, and they said that this whole system, this whole Apple Vision Pro, the headband system is still going to be modular. So they didn't say that they were getting rid of it. It was just that in the demos that we've had, they have not continue to have us use the over-the-head head strap. The biggest thing about this whole thing is there's a few components that will allow you to fit this on your face properly. Now, Apple called that area, you have the, first of all, kind of the headset and then that foam or that soft area that rests against your eyes. And Apple called it the light seal. But what I learned is it's actually two components. The If you look at images, there's kind of a thicker part that's a light gray and has a mesh. That's the light seal. And then there's a darker gray kind of padding. That's the part that actually physically touches your face. That's called the light seal cushion. And this is the first time that they've publicly made that distinction to me that it was two parts. So there are two elements. Both elements will have different sizing or they called it variations because I don't know if it's necessarily all going to be related to size. But the light seal, which is the bigger part, versus the light seal cushion, I have been told that the light seal will have more variations versus the light seal cushion. So if you have a chance, look at the images and you'll see what I mean, how it's actually two pieces that make up that entire light seal front. Now the back headband thing that they have, I'm gonna tell you this, okay? I When I was at the uh, last fitting in December, they actually told me the name of what they're gonna call that kind of the main headband, but they asked me not to reveal it because they wanted to do something more public. So 
you know, in good faith when you have like relationships with companies and it's not anything favorite favorites wise, but you know, we do learn things ahead of time and sometimes come to say, Hey, uh, can you wait on that until we make it more public? And there'll be plenty of other things that they're going to show us and learn. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. So not a big deal. So, Ooh, inside scoop guys, I know the name of the, the headband strap or what are they going to call it? Woo. Tingly. I'm just kidding. It's, you know, but I, I love giving you every single nugget I can. So that's what this is all about, my experience there. So the over-the-top headband was not there. I will tell you this much. For the first time, I think it was because I was really excited about goofing around because they they let me basically play around with the latest version of Vision OS and just ask more questions and explore and basically just try whatever I want. I I don't know if this is the case, but the first two times that I've tried it, I've told everyone that it does start kind of the weight of it does start feeling heavy on that on the ridge of my at the bottom of my eyes and my bridge of my nose. This time I did not feel that. And then I asked them, is this different hardware? Is this different um, fitting? And they said it's exactly the same hardware. You know, the whole fitting process, basically you hold up the phone, to your phone to your face, and then it scans it much similar to like when Face ID does it, and it measures the size of your face and the depth of different things. And then it recommends the sizing of these light seal and light seal cushion and headband to use based on that measurement. And that's that's the first calibration that happens. Uh, I don't wear glasses. I don't have any prescription glasses. So I was not, I've never been able to experience what does the whole lens system look like or what is that actually like. So I don't have, I can't give anyone, uh, any of you all intel on that. But obviously, if you wear glasses, there is a system that allows you to put prescription lenses in the Apple Vision Pro so you can see it properly. So you get that set up, you pop it on. Now, the biggest thing here is, Vision OS, I think, I believe the seventh version has been released to developers. That's what they're using. And I directly asked Apple, is this the same version that is out to developers or a newer version? And they told me this is a newer version of Vision OS that was not made public. Now, of course, I haven't seen all the progress. So I, I can't, I don't know every, every little thing, but there are some things that they revealed to me for the very, very first time. So one of the things is the setup. Now, when you put on the headset, you basically kind of hear like a, like a peaceful kind of chord or tone. And the the hello in cursive, similar to if you've looked at when you get the welcome on an uh, on a Mac, it draws itself out and you're seeing a projection of the room around you. It just says, hello, it's flowing in 3D space and it's really nice. Now, the setup in Vision OS has actually become faster than previous versions. The first thing you do is it asks you to hold out your hands so you can see your hands, kind of like hold them out basically in front of you, palms out, It scans it really quick so it can detect where your hands are, okay? That's the first thing. And then the second part of the setup is it does an eye tracking um, calibration, and it does this three times. You basically stare at at these different dots, and when after you do the hand calibration, because it can now see your hands, you look at every dot and you pinch, you know, your finger, whether it's the right side or left side. That's how you select things in Vision OS. So I look up top, pinch it. I look up at, like... I don't know, two, is it around like three o'clock and I pinch it and there's six dots in a circle in different locations, kind of top and then diagonal left, diagonal right, and then bottom, diagonal left and diagonal right. You, you look at these and you click it every time so it confirms that it can see your pupil. Now this happens in three different lighting situations. There's a dark one, then you go to medium, and then you go to very, very light. And the reason why is these three different lighting conditions, it's calibrating your pupil dilation as it's different 
for different lighting situations so it's as accurate as possible. So that is the setup. Once that setup is done, then you go right into Vision OS and the app icons come up. Now I got to explore a lot with the Photos app um, because we were looking at, at this last demo, spatial video, videos that I had taken when I was in Hawaii. And one of the things that is different now, if you look at Vision OS demos, you'll see this like bar at the bottom of an app and that or a window. And that allows you to basically look at it with your eyes, pinch and hold, and then push it forward and back. And that increases the size of that app window. Again, you're working in an environment or the room that you're in. So you're always going to see a room around you. But this window, this they call it the window bar. That line allows you to kind of push and pull that window to make it bigger or smaller. Now, what's interesting is that it's always down kind of on the center bottom area. But if your eyes wander to the right-hand corner, a little line, a little white line that is curved on the outside of, let's say, the Photos app, and it's all their apps are rounded edges, you'll see it. And then you can also, when you look at that corner, you can also pinch it and then increase the size by pushing it, pulling it towards you or make it smaller by pushing it away from you. So it's just moving the dis- uh, technically the virtual distance of this app by either looking down where's the window bar, but if you also look in the corner, right-hand corner, that's also called the window bar. It just appears in a different place if you look at it. So that that was kind of a subtle thing that they showed me. Now, the biggest thing is within, you know, we talked about spatial video and I talked about it in my video about there's some like do's and don'ts, but this is already just from being able to record your own videos. Right now, it only you can only record spatial video on an iPhone 15 Pro and a 15 Pro Max only. Um, you do have to go into your camera settings and then go into formats and there's an option to turn on spatial video. And what it basically allows you to do is now record videos in 1080p, 30 frames per second in spatial video. I've explained this in in my videos, but what it, what it's doing is it's taking the video stream from the wide camera and the ultra wide, and then it's creating a single file, an HEVC file that holds the information from both streams. It is doing a correction for lens distortion and color of the ultra wide so that it's the same as the wide. And then because of the placement of these lenses, one is treated like the right eye, one is treated the left eye. Now, obviously, 99.999% of the population cannot see spatial video because we don't have anything to see it with. The only thing you can watch it with right now is the Apple Vision Pro, but there are some people that are basically have hacked it so you can look at these video files on other devices. But for the meantime, for most people, when you look at this file, it'll have like a little, uh, this file itself will be showing you the stream from the wide camera. So it'll look flat on your phone. If you upload it to your computer, it'll look flat on your computer, but all the data is there. The file says size is, I believe, 130 megs per minute. So these files could get pretty large if you get them big. But, you know, I talked about different strategies of how to shoot spatial video. And the best thing to do is if you're trying to do really quick pans or quick snappy movements or following fast moving sports or animals or um, cars, it the the frame rate breaks down, the image breaks down. But where it excels is when you are holding, looking at like something like static, whether it's food or flowers or, uh, you know, some, something more scenic and you can create depth or show things closer, medium and far, and you'll get the best image that way. But anything fast moving or even you doing really quick pans doesn't work. So doing kind of slow moving pans from left to right that your hand holding of 
food or of, like I said, flowers or nature, like doing that looks really good. Also, if you have things in the foreground and things in the background, you can see that 3D effect. The 3D is very good. It it works on very many levels. Um, and then there's kind of two warnings that if it's a little dark, it'll say more light required. You can still record those spatial videos, but if it's a little too dark, it gets a little grainy and the image quality obviously isn't as clean. They're just trying to recommend the optimal, like right, bright, even lighting. The other thing is if you get too close to objects, it'll say, um, you know, move, basically, I can't remember the exact phrase, but it tells you to, you know, um, move further away. And so you can see in your, in your, uh, on your screen whether the object that you're trying to focus in and feature is getting blurry or not. But I believe you hold it around, is it around maybe like, I'm trying to think, Maybe like about a foot away, eight inches to a foot is is good. Maybe even a little closer. But when you get too close, it has that warning. But just use the screen as your guide. If it looks blurry in the screen, it's going to look blurry once you see it down the road. If it looks sharp in the screen, it's going to look sharp for you. Um, the other thing is with people and you want to keep them in frame, try not to cut their head off. But when you record people and them talking and messages, it's it's going to be really cool, like really powerful stuff. It's very emotional. It feels like you're transported in to, to like moments. And it because it's in 3D and the 3D is very good, um, you'll feel it. Again, 1080p, 30 frames per second. It, I do, you know, you know eventually it's going to get to 4K, but this is how they started. This is what they did with a cinematic mode. They started at 1080p and now it's at 4K. So, you know, for people that are complaining about, I, I don't, I'll tell you right now, if you have an opportunity to shoot some cinematic videos of loved ones or, you know, kids or young people or just your family members, just take a few right now to try and save some moments and then watch them later because I think it's it's going to be very powerful. And I've said that a lot of times in my videos. Okay, so we talked about the setup being faster with New Vision OS. We talked about the headbands and the different size and the variations. I talked about recording spatial video, and I talked about the window bar. So another new thing that they showed me is in their keynote, they teased a feature called environments, and they showed it off. Basically, it is an app or a section um, in, you know, that you can jump in and surround yourself in these different locales. Now, when we first saw environments uh, at Apple's keynote, they featured Mount Hood. And, on, and at WWDC 2022, I also got to see Mount Hood in what you what it does is you choose a location and then you can actually turn the digital crown which is on the top right and as you turn it it basically you allow that environment to expand more and more and either fill up just like kind of in front of you or all the way to the sides or completely around you like you can put yourself in a 100% just full environment and what makes that interesting is that i first thought that these were just photos right that's what everyone like oh okay and there's a little spatial sound in it to kind of capture you being an environment. But what I found is that when I went this third time, they're like, hey, look in the sky. And the clouds are moving in Yosemite. And I'm like, wait, wait, I thought these were photos. And they're like, no, these are videos. And they're volumetric videos. So they're capturing these locales and the, the resolution is extremely high. It's at least 4K. I don't know if they used 8K cameras to capture this stuff. I wouldn't be surprised, but at least the stream that we're seeing, the details of the rocks and the grass, and it's very, very, very good. Um, it's it's really pristine. And so, you know, the first time I started, we saw this in June, I was in Mount Hood. But then the second time, or sorry, the third time just recently, they took me back to Mount Hood um, in Oregon, and then it was raining. And I'm like, huh? 
And so what I found out is that depending on, first of all, depending on the time of day you go visit an environment, the lighting will change. So whether it's morning versus dusk, that's, or sorry, more like dusk till dawn, it'll look different like midday versus night the locale will look different. And then also, in addition to that, it's randomized, but if you look, go visit Mount Hood one day and then visit it another day, it could the weather conditions or something could be different about it. So it could be raining one day. It could be not. It's not connected to weather patterns there, but they're saying all these locales are, you know, at least what they teased right now to me is they will be different and they are different, and that's all they would say other than sometimes the environment will be the same, but it'll be different, whether it's a weather pattern or whatnot. And then these are video streams. These, they're volumetric. And when I say volumetric, it means I'm not looking at like a panorama. I'm looking at, a, I'm inside an environment. And what's cool about the environments is if you're watching a movie or video, uh, like, like you go, say you go to the video app or a spatial video app, I can play the video and it plays kind of in, in its own format in front of me, but then I can turn the dial and all of a sudden the environment fills all around me. So it allows you to basically like, hey, watch a movie in these different environments. And they showed me three new environments for the very first time. Uh, they they took us to the moon and it was all black and white. And I first, again, I thought it was an image because it looks so still, but you know, there's not much stuff happening out in space. Um, they took us to Haleakala at the top of the volcano area. And then Yosemite was another one. Yosemite uh, at El Capitan looked amazing. So the environments, again, this is more like, oh, this is very immersive. Are you going to stay in these environments for long? I don't know. I think it's just a way to kind of show how immersive it can be. Now, another thing that they offered and they showed me for the first time is that you can, they called it, they referred to it as tints. Nowhere in the OS was it called a tint, but much like an environment being in Mount Hood, you can also actually tint the color of your room depending on the mood or how you feel. So I can I can be looking, you know, most of the time when you're using Apple Vision Pro, you see the room you're in. Well, maybe I want it to be a bluer tint or a lighter tint. So there were different tints. One of them was called Morning Light and it was blue. And again, when I turned the digital crown, it enabled to be either bluer or lighter blue or, you know, kind of more opaque and translucent. Another one was called Spring Light. That was more of a pink color temperature. And then Summer Light Warm was there was oh sorry there was spring light which was pink and then summer light which was a warm yellow and again you turn that digital crown up in the top right to increase the intensity of it but these were tints that are kind of this you know i guess there's probably a green one to make you feel like you're in the matrix or something like that that's kind of cool but that was a new thing that they also showed me um with this latest demo of the apple vision pro i also got to try out the virtual keyboard for the first time. Not many people have. And so they open up the notes app for me. And when the notes app came up, then you can obviously type. And there's two ways to interact with the virtual keyboard. I don't think, I don't know if I'm going to use it long-term, but what it is, is it becomes kind of like a floating keyboard and you can bring it closer to you or further away. And there's two ways to actually type. One way is because there's eye tracking. I can stare at a letter and then just pinch my finger and close it and it selects the letter. So I can look at a letter, pinch, look at a letter, pinch, look at a letter, pinch, look at spacebar, pinch. And that's one way of typing. The other way is pecking in the air, the virtual keyboard, the keys depress like visually. And then there's like a audible key, you know, like a like typing sound when you hit them. I couldn't type super, super fast. I couldn't type like, T-H-E-B-R-I-A-N 
space, T-O-N-G, blah, blah, blah. Like, I couldn't type super fast, but I, I was, it was more like peck, 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 peck. And you could type. Um, also, on top of the keyboard, you'll see the words you're typing, but then it'll also, you know, so you can kind of immediately see what you're typing. But because, you know, when you're using these things for the first time, especially Apple Vision Pro, I'm just trying to absorb as much information. Sometimes I'm just like scatterbrained looking at everything. So the notes is kind of off to the side in the background while you're typing away. And at first it was a little confusing because in my brain, I'm like, I want to see the notes and they, the words are coming out, but then it would make me not be able to see the, like my focus wouldn't be on the keyboard. The ulti- the the big, the easy solution for people like, wait, I don't want to type on this. It does work with voice. They have not let it, allowed us to do voice commands or voice to text entry. but with the Vision Pro, because you're in an environment, you you have a physical keyboard you can type on. And the resolution is a 4K resolution, but because it's a digital video stream, it's not going to be as sharp as obviously looking in real life. So that might be an issue because I can actually look at my phone screen when I'm wearing Apple Vision Pro and type in notes on my phone, which I was doing. But the, the text is clear enough, but it's not as sharp as obviously looking at your phone in real life. But it is still sharp enough, but it's still not the same. So you know, it's a video stream. There is, it's a little softer, but it's the cleanest video stream that any VR headset, standalone VR headset has put out there today. So you're never going to see anything cleaner than this. And it's it's all more than usable and more than serviceable, but I just want to make, make that clear. So I think after using the virtual keyboard, I would just use a physical keyboard because I could see it. Um, and it, it probably, I do like the tactile feel. I don't think I could type a lot of stuff with my fingers in. I think the goal is that it is an option. A physical keyboard is an option, but with things like messaging and notes, they, they're they going to want us to use our voice. And we have seen that Siri's voice to text has improved significantly over time, even on the Apple Watch. That's just kind of one of the examples where I'm like, oh, it's it's a lot better and I've used it um, a few times to respond in and it does a very, very good job overall. So I got to check out the virtual keyboard. One of, the, one of the few people that hasn't been able to talk about publicly, it did not blow me away. It was serviceable, but I don't think that I would use it um, long-term, but that's me. I also did get to check out Control Center and see a lot of different settings, but they told me that I would be able to talk about that more in the future. But there are some modes and features that you all will be happy about when it comes to usability of the Apple Vision Pro. So um, that was really cool. And the way to get to Control Center actually is you just stare up kind of at the top of the screen and you'll see a little green check mark or like a little green dot. And when you see that green dot, you pinch your fingers and then the Control Center pops up. Control Center looks kind of most similarly to, um, I mean, I guess you could say, yeah, it... It it looks kind of similar to like the control center panel on a Mac or on Apple TV. It's it's a rectangle and it has a few options and icons on it to adjust or select things. So, but control center is there and you just look up at the top and you see like a green dot and then when you click it, it pops up. Um, I did not one of the biggest things though here. I did not try spatial computing at all, and that's one of to me the two biggest features here is going to be immersive experiences like looking at pan um looking at spatial video being in environments and doing other things, looking at whenever Apple's ready to uh, roll out their Apple immersive video platform, which is going to be the killer app for this device, 100%. That is going to be one of the killer apps. But spatial computing, if they're trying to convince us that, you know, for $3,500, this is a computer and an entertainment media device, then we haven't seen anything spatial computing 
computing related yet. And I've got to imagine they're going to show this. So that, that's why when there were earlier rumors that Apple was trying to launch this in January, and after what I saw in December, I'm like, they haven't shown us, they've shown us maybe 10, 20% of what this thing can do. There's no way this thing is launching in January. And maybe it's maybe it even comes out after February. I think Apple's going to make sure they take their time and put the roll, push this out as long as they can before it bumps up into any other future product rollout announcements. But okay, February, March, that makes sense. There were rumors that we might see an end of March event for new iPads and MacBook Airs. So we'll see about that. Could we do Apple Vision Pro in February and then that new hardware in March or April? We will see. And then WWDC comes. I mean, the, we're, we're just a few months away from this thing coming out. So what I can say is that Apple Vision Pro, every time I use it, I want to use it more. It is fun. But at the same time, price starting at $3,499. That is going to be a big limiting factor for anyone also, the comfort still have never been able to use it for more than basically 30, 45 minutes. And until I even get to use it for an hour or two hours straight and let you know how it feels on my face, uh, I can't say that it is 100% comfortable to wear. But the technology, uh, say it over and over, it is incredible. The image, the fidelity, the responsiveness, there is nothing like this. When you think of like, if you've used MetaQuest, uh, products. If you used other VR headsets, it's a totally different experience. They're they're doing something totally different, especially even just using the UI with your eyes and your fingers. I think one thing that I found is that because I'm trying to look at everything, sometimes I would like turn my head, but you actually don't have to. When you just use your eyes and select things, and as you use it more, you get more used to it. But you know, I'm just like, wait, I want to see this, I want to see that. But you don't even have to move your neck; just just stare at it, stare at the button or the icon or where you want to go and then select your finger and it's good to go. So that is, I mean, that is all the juice that I got for you from my third experience with the Apple Vision Pro. And so, you know, it seems like they'll be keeping me in the loop moving forward. And every time I go out there, I'm going to keep on delivering you the good stuff about it because I know there's a lot of people that are really curious. Uh, I guess what people want to know right now, as of today, as a tech reviewer, yes, I'm going to buy Vision Pro. As of today, would I purchase for myself, if I was not a tech reviewer, the Apple Vision Pro? And before where I'd say, I don't think I would, I'm a little, I'm a little more leaning towards, ooh, this, it becomes more and more attractive to me. But I would still probably right now personally hold out. But here's the thing about it. If you are someone who loves tech and wants to have the latest cutting edge stuff and can afford it, you're going to get this. If you're the ultimate fanboy for Apple and you love everything they do and you've got to get it and you want to experience it and you've got to have it, you're going to do it too. Like it's the true hardcore Apple fan and the totally tech obsessed, got to have it, got to have the newest thing, want to experience the newest thing, want to see the future, potential future. Those are the people that are going to get this right out of the gates. And then for everyone else, it's going to be like, well, I'll wait and see. I'll try it. Maybe my face will fit a friend's. This is, it's going to be interesting to see how, I think the reviews are going to be overall very positive. I don't think anyone is going to say this is a must have, but I think a peek into what Apple believes is one of their future roads to take um, and really a product that you know that they are going to support for years and years and years. So you don't feel like, ah, oh, it's, they might just roll down and never do anything again with it again. No, Apple is committed to this because this is a future platform for them. And, you know, 
the two issues that I have, the price and the weight and comfort, those will get better as time goes on. At the same time, I talk about it in the later podcast that's coming out um, during the break. I don't see this drop even, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now. I don't see this, at least this version of the Apple Vision Pro. Let's call it the Vision Pro. Who knows if they make a consumer version? I don't think they should really yet, but because this is their like, this is their beacon of like, this is what, you know, we want this to be. I I like the fact that it it is one model right now. Um, I don't expect the Apple Vision Pro to ever drop below $2,000 maybe even $2,400. I don't expect that to ever happen. So for everyone that says like, MetaQuest Pro is 500 bucks, 400 bucks. Yes, Apple Vision Pro will never get that, will never be that price. Never. I said it here. You can bring this back to me 10 years from now. Apple Vision Pro will never be $500. It is a totally different device. It does totally different things. Even with the tech getting more affordable, even with designs changing, Apple's not going to let that happen. So just just be mentally prepared for that. If you're like, I can't wait till it gets to $1,000, it's not going to be $1,000. It's just not. This is Apple. This is cutting edge. And even, it's going to be amazing to see what this thing looks, looks like in three to five years. It's already like really classy, but yeah, you know, they'll work on the weight and the comfort. So um, anyways, everybody, that's just a little kind of extra podcast goodness that I want to throw out your way of my experiences with the Apple Vision Pro and spatial video. Again, you all can record spatial video today if you have a 15 Pro or 15 Pro Max. And I encourage you to, whether or not you're going to get an Apple Vision Pro today, tomorrow, five years down the line, just just shoot some stuff. And I think that you'll thank me later when you get to try it because it's, it, it you know, if you listen to kind of some of the parameters of how I shot video and what to keep in mind, you're going to really love it. Don't do no, no fast movements. It's just not going to look good. It's just not, but Hey, if you want to do it, you can do it. So, all right, everybody. Um, there you go. Hey, just a little quick thing. Guess what? We're not going to do any ads. We're not going to do any plugs. We just want to give you the info and wish you a great holiday and new years. And, you know, we'll keep on plugging away here, but if this is the last time I talk to you and all of you, you know, amazing listeners are taking a break. That's cool. I'll see you next year. If not, there's going to be more the next two weeks and then we jump into CES and then I'll be there. So probably won't be a show there, but I have two more episodes after this coming up the next two weeks and then we'll probably take a one week break and then get into 2024. 2024. How crazy is that? We're here. We're just there. We're right on the cusp. Oh my goodness. All right. Take care, everybody. Be safe. We'll talk to you soon. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace.